today on This Week in Iowa, legislators are no longer getting paid for their work. We hear from the Democrats and Republicans about whether the end of session is near. Then it's a deep dive into the Republican primary for U.S. Senate, the two different pictures being painted by candidates. Good morning, everyone, and thank you so much for being with us here for This Week in Iowa. I'm Sabrina Ahmed. Tuesday was the Iowa legislature's 100th day of session. That means their per diems have expired. No, now lawmakers are working for free. Lawmakers still have bills to debate from policy to finalizing the budget. They can't gavel out if they don't have a budget done. So I spoke to Senator Jack Whitfer about where the legislators stand. Yeah, well, we are now past the 100 day mark, but um, that's not unusual to go beyond 100 days. I think in my five years as majority leader, I think we've crossed that mark almost every single year. And really, that's just the day that we stop getting paid. It doesn't mean we stop working. And um, there are several um, big things that we want to accomplish. And so we'll stay until the work is done. Okay, so let's talk about those several big things that you still want to get accomplished. What are the sticking points between the House and the Senate that still need to get accomplished? Well, the, the, bit, the big thing that, that still needs to be accomplished is obviously the budget. But beyond that, there are several policy issues that are still out there that we need to continue to work on. And so um, the, mostly the governor priority bills that were laid out in um, her state of the state address. So um, we're talking about school choice. We're talking about unemployment reforms. Um, we're talking about workforce reforms. Um, those types of things are, are still out that need to be worked on. Some of those measures um, have already passed the Senate, but um, are stalled in the House. So what are those negotiations look, looking like um, in the House and the Senate? And who, uh, you know, how, how are those conversations going with leadership? Um, and spe specifically, let's start with um, talking about school choice, those vouchers. Yeah, that we're, we're continuing to talk about school choice with the speaker and with the governor. And largely, you know, this is, is something that's really important to Senate Republicans. Uh, we have been working on it for several years, um, but it's also a governor priority. And so largely it's, it's the governor negotiating with the speaker at this point to see if we can do something to continue to offer more choice to parents. Okay, so what, what is it that um, are you hearing that needs to happen from in, in order for the House to be in, on board with this? Well, I think that's a better question for the speaker. It's, it's something that, that, you know, that we passed with 31 out of our 32 members supporting it. Um, but that bill has a lot of other things in it, transparency for the classrooms and so forth. And so yeah, we think it's an important bill. Um, and so um, if, if there's a way to get it done, we certainly want to do that before we adjourn this session. But I would say that regardless what happens in this session, this will be one of the most successful two-year general assemblies that we've had in a long time. Uh, it's, a, it's a general assembly that came into office in the middle of this pandemic, nine months into it and we faced a lot of different challenges through through the last two years and I, I think we've been very successful at handling those challenges and still going on to accomplish big things like tax reform for the last two years two of the the biggest tax um, reform bills we've ever done so it will be successful regardless but i think we have an opportunity to make it even better so let's talk about some of the workforce changes that are still being negotiated where do those stand and then we'll get to unemployment benefits in just a minute well, I think the workforce bill is largely done. There were a couple controversial parts of that bill um, early on, or at least um, difficult parts to find legislative solutions for. And so um, I think the Senate has um, addressed a lot of those. And so the workforce bill, I don't think should be a, a difficult bill to, to finish and get down to the governor, but it just still hasn't, hasn't been passed through the House. When you are talking to people who um, are just everyday Iowans on the street and they're seeing, okay, Lawmakers 
aren't getting paid anymore. They took days off without passing anything. I know the Senate still had a rather productive week, but um, it, it looks like there's a lot of infighting going on between the Republicans in the House Senate and the governor's office. Well, I don't I don't I wouldn't call it infighting. I, you know, over the last six years, we've had this Republican trifecta. We've been one of the most effective trifectas in, in America, whether it's Republican or Democrat, because we have worked together. We've been able to set aside the personal agendas and the personalities and the egos and just work together. And we continue to do that. You know, that's why in March or in February of this year, we passed the largest tax cut in state history. And so um, we have still continued to work together. But after six years of, of, of passing different laws um, off of our agenda, you get to a point where there's a lot of different ideas. The House Republicans have different ideas and the Senate Republicans and the governor has different ideas as well. So it's just a matter of bringing those together um, to, to, to make laws that we all agree with. Uh, is the Senate willing to move on some issues that maybe if the House comes up with some different ideas and they come to um, an understanding and are able to pass some legislation? Yeah, absolutely. I don't think you know anyone's ever said this is the way it has to be, or else we're not doing anything. You know, that's a legislative process. You know, we work back and forth with the Senate or with the House, with the governor. Um, that's the way it's worked for six years. That's the way it continues to happen. And so, you know, while we are you know past day one hundred, um, this is fairly normal. This is just the legislative process. When do you think the last day of session will be? I have no idea at this point. You know, it, you know, usually from any time when you when you do find an agreement, it usually does take at least a couple of weeks to finalize everything. We really haven't even negotiated the budget yet. We're still about $70 million apart. And from a Senate Republican's perspective, we just don't, um, we, didn't come, we didn't get elected to come spend money. Um, we wanna make investments where needed, but we're not gonna go and spend an extra $70 million if we can't get these major priority bills done. Coming up on This Week in Iowa, we sit down with the Democrats in the House, the other party, what they're hearing on the pause. We are joined now by Representative Jennifer Confirst, who is still the majority leader, now not getting paid to do your job at the State House because per diems are out. Uh, thank you for being with me. Thanks for having me. Um, can you talk to me about um, what what is happening at the State House? What are you hearing as we know that the governor and the uh, leadership in the House Republicans are fighting? Yeah, you know, we're just kind of waiting. Um, doing a lot of talking to constituents right now hearing from them, um, they're saying the same thing. What you doing? What's going on up there? We have a lot of questions. We've got people's business to do. What's the budget gonna look like? Mm -hmm. So we're you know, waiting, having conversations with both constituents and partners, and then when the Republican leadership figures out what they're doing, they'll let us know. It's, it's unfortunate that we're not in the room because that means a lot of the voices of Iowans aren't being heard, which is frustrating to us. So what are you hearing, although you're not in the room, um, what are the, uh, we heard from Whitver with um, what he says are the major sticking points, or, or, or what are you hearing are the major sticking points? Yeah, I mean, we know that, um, you know, and I heard Leader Whitver talk about the uh, governor's priorities, right? Mm -hmm. Well, we're independent bodies and chambers, and so we have priorities too. And when they don't match, that doesn't necessarily mean that we just sit around and wait until the governor gets her way. <laughs> we need to actually come together as deliberative bodies and find answers. And so I'm hearing that um, we're stuck on school vouchers. Mm -hmm. I'm hearing that we're stuck on um, unemployment conversations, you know, um, how much earned unemployment benefits they want to take away from Iowans. They're fighting over how much and other things like that. And so really we're hearing a lot of it, though, is school vouchers. And of course, the House has passed all of our budgets. Uh, the Senate hasn't passed one. So we're kind of in this strange impasse right now where a lot is sitting in the Senate's lap waiting until we do what they want. <laughs> 
Fascinating. Um, you know, Senator Whitver said this is kind of um, business as usual to wait until um, I think, you know, to, to continue to work without getting paid. Mm -hmm. What is your reaction to that? And how do you respond to the Republicans who are waiting? Yeah. Well, you know, as a professor, I always tell my students this date was of the final was on the syllabus in January. We've known when our last day was all year long. And so there's really no reason we need to be going past um, past that deadline because the budget was going to be due on May 19th or April 19th, whether, I mean, it's been, it's been set. So um, it does seem a little sort of disingenuous to say that we're, this is business as usual. We knew this was coming and we could have been having these negotiations a lot earlier and just haven't been, and they've been stalled. But look, what, um, what we're hearing is just that it's leadership talking and other members of both parties are kind of in the dark waiting to see what's going to happen. But I do know this, there are plenty of House Republicans who are opposed to school vouchers, and that's not going to change no matter how long we sit up there and try to wish it to be so. What is your message to Iowans as uh, Democrats are continued, have you been in the minority for now six years? Yeah, I mean, we can do better than this. I think that's my message mm -hmm. to Iowans is that we, they deserve better. They deserve better than, uh, you know, legislators who are listening only to special interests. They deserve better than legislators who knock on the door and say one thing and then come up and get extreme and pass legislation they didn't even talk about on the doors. They deserve some honesty and authenticity from their from their representation. And I think that means a little more balance up at the Capitol. I think that means, you know, of course, I believe if we can get the Democrats in charge of the House, we can actually have some constructive conversation because when two parties come together, oftentimes you have to find compromise a little sooner than when it's all on the same team. Which I know you've done yeah. with uh, Republicans in the House. You've had a number of bipartisan pieces of legislation. We have. And we think that's important when it's not political, not to make it political. But when it is, you just gotta cut your losses and move on to the budget. And that's what I think the Senate needs to do. Representative Conference, thank you so much for your time. I know how much waiting you're doing. Yes. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> I could be here all day. <laughs> senator Chuck Grassley is the oldest US Senator at 88 and he wants to run for re-election. Why he's still called to serve next. Republican Senator Chuck Grassley is again running for re-election. I sat down with him this week in Boone about why he wants to still represent the state, and he says it all comes down to Republicans being in the majority and his seniority. I'm going to be in a very powerful positions uh, to serve the people of Iowa. I should be chairman of the Judiciary Committee again with all those uh, decisions on who's going to be on the Supreme Court or not be on the Supreme Court. I'll be president pro tem uh, of the United States Senate, which is one of the uh, four political offices mentioned in the Constitution. So in line to be president, but I'm not uh, waiting to be president, I can tell you that. It's just a way to serve the people of Iowa. And, uh, and president pro tem is part of the leadership of the United States Senate, so I'll be at the leadership table. Uh, I work hard for the people of Iowa. You know about my uh, attendance record until it was broke after casting 8,927 without missing a vote because I had COVID. I missed 10 votes that week and uh, back to uh, having a perfect attendance again. I uh, work hard when I'm in uh, Washington, D.C. I go to bed at nine, get up at four. Uh, run a couple miles, get to the office by 6, and usually don't leave the office before 6.30 p.m. And then when we're not in session, uh, as I'm here being interviewed by you because of the break we have, 
Uh, I tour the 99 counties every year because I want to keep in touch with the people of Iowa. The full Grassley. Yes, <laughs> which has been taken on by a number of politicians yeah. since you started it. Yeah. By the way, I didn't brag about that. Somebody else named it the full Grassley. <laughs> I did, but, but I'm proud to have that uh, uh, set that in motion so other people have to do it. Forty years. It's a long time. Yeah. Do you think it's time to let someone else have a turn? Well, they get that opportunity every six years. and. Uh, and uh, the people make that determination. You are being primaried. What is your response to having someone also within the Republican Party say it's time for Senator Grassley to stay in Iowa? Well, whether they're Republican or Democrat, you know how it is in our democracy. Anybody can run for office. And uh, I ran for office and challenged people that were in office, so how can I complain about anybody else running for office? But I don't worry about my primary. I don't worry about my general election. Uh, I do just what you ought to be doing if you want to be reelected. Do the very best you can in the position you're in. And uh, people will recognize it and uh, reward, uh, reward uh, with reelection and then continue to serve the people. So whether it's a primary or whether it's a general election, uh, I concentrate on doing my job and do it the best you can, and I think it, 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 it's paid off for a long time. What would you say as you are continuing to do the full grassley and talk to all of these Iowans, you know, what are you hearing in the four corners of the state or the biggest issues that Iowans are still facing? Two things that prop up quite regularly, inflation and the open border policies of the Biden administration. And of course, the president is responsible for each of these. Inflation is due in large part to the supply chain issues that came up uh, with the pandemic. Um, what do you believe can be done and is not being done by the administration to fix the inflation issues? Well, I look at it from the standpoint of chain. Uh, the ch supply chain is one of the reasons for it, but I think the major reason is this administration's energy policy, when they first got in office almost the first day, stopped the XL pipeline, soon afterwards stopped drilling in the United States, uh, put additional regulations on fracking, tell banks not to loan to uh, energy companies. And so it just has totally changed uh, the United States. On uh, the day before the president was sworn in, we were an energy independent nation. We were uh, exporting. And at the border, talk to me about what issues you are seeing and what you're hearing. Well, first of all, at my 99 county town meetings, when this issue comes up, uh, they say something like, Senator, why don't you do something at the border? So my explanation of that is, over the years, uh, we have had many laws passed that it's not uh, legal to come to our country without our country's permission. And remember, that about a million people come here every year with our permission. They come here legally. Uh, so uh, we pass laws making it illegal to enter our country without our permission, but the presidents enforce the laws. This president is not enforcing the laws and he takes an oath to uphold the constitutional laws of our country and he's not doing it. 
hear from the Republican running against Grassley next. You're watching This Week in Iowa. We are here now with State Senator Jim Carlin, who is a Republican running mm -hmm. against Senator Chuck Grassley in the mm -hmm. Republican primary. Thank you so much for being with us today. Thanks for having me. And Senator Carlin, talk to me about why you are primarying Congress, or excuse me, Senator Grassley. Well, you know, I think a lot of people are concerned about the direction of where the country's headed. You know, when you get to be a little bit older, I'm a grandfather, and, and I look at what this America looks like for my grandchildren in the next 10 or 20 years. I don't think we're heading towards freedom. I think we're heading away from it for them. And uh, that, that kind of precipitated the decision to get in at this point. So what do you say Senator Chuck Grassley is not doing that you would do differently? That's a great question. Um, you know, as a Republican, I think there's a lot of people in Iowa that didn't think it was a good idea to certify the election. Um, when you lose 18 out of 19 bellwethers and you have the Russian collusion investigation as a backdrop, you have to wonder, and, and a lot of people had doubts. And so even if you just want to restore trust in the process, it, I think it merited an investigation. I don't think most Republicans in Iowa would not have voted for that infrastructure bill that Senator Grassley voted for. And um, I, I don't think they would have voted to stop the construction of President Trump's wall either. So just those three things are, are, are a good encapsulation of why there's some doubt about Senator Grassley's record in the last five or six years. What is the reception uh, for you as you are going and talking to Iowans? It's very encouraging because there's quite a groundswell out there who for varied reasons, they just think, you know, it's a good time for a change. Uh, we've been going this course for, for quite a while, actually since 1980 with Senator Grassley, and, and people think, you know, it's, it's just time. And uh, they've looked at that voting record, they have that concern about freedom, and uh, you know, what's going on in the world internationally and domestically with, with inflation, and you know, when you vote for big spending bills and the inflation that follows that, you know, they want to be represented, they want a voice that reflects their values. So you mentioned those three issues that uh, you don't agree with where mm -hmm. Senator Grassley stood on, but what would mm -hmm. you say are the biggest issues Iowans are feeling on a day-to-day -day basis? They're feeling it at the gas pump, aren't mm -hmm. they? And they're feeling it in the grocery store. And our farmers are feeling it. They just had a 300% increase in the cost of fertilizer. Uh, this past year that had nothing to do with a, a free market. It was a take it or leave it proposition for them. So the cost of things has gone up exponentially and it affects them. It affects fixed, fixed income seniors when, yeah, 11% is like taking one out of $10 right out of your wallet or out of your fixed income and it really hurts them. And so when you have these big spending bills, those are the implications, those are the costs to people uh, that, that affects their everyday realities. You mentioned uh, the stopping to build the wall down mm -hmm. at the U.S.-Mexico border. Talk to me about what you think uh, the answer is to immigration. Well, you can't have a real conversation on immigration reform till we have a, till we have a wall, till we have a boundary, because there's nothing stopping the inflow of people into this country. I understand the desire to come to America, but you have to play by our rules. And um, when we don't have a wall, it, it's kind of pointless to have you know, a real uh, long-term approach to immigration reform because it's going to continue on and on. Uh, the first duty of government is to protect the citizens of this country first. 
And a wall does that. There, there are legitimate concerns of people about some of the criminal elements that come across the border that do affect us, whether it's sex trafficking or, or methamphetamine. We get 99% of our meth comes from Mexico. So there's legitimate concern there. And um, obviously, a lot of cities around this country are feeling it. What is your message, your number one message to Iowans ahead of this Republican primary? My message is I'm going to stand up for your medical freedom, for your constitutional rights, your Second Amendment. I'm not going to vote for big spending bills that are going to hurt, hurt your wallet. Um, I, I do see the necessity of engaging China's global ambitions. And I do think, like President Trump thought, we have to repatriate our manufacturing base to get away from so much dependence on foreign countries. Senator Jim Carlin, thank you very much for your time. We really appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Sabrina. We'll take a short break, everyone. You're watching This Week in Iowa. Before we go, I want to share that the time has come for me to make a change. I am stepping away from my position here at Local 5 News. This is my last week. I don't make this decision lightly. I've been dedicated to this station for a decade. I've worked with an incredible team, both on and off camera, who are all dedicated to truth and journalism. So this farewell for me is bittersweet. It acknowledges that my life is so much more than the public part. I will now cherish my time with my precious young family, but of course it means that I will be away from all of you. That this farewell is so hard to say means I have been extremely fortunate. So let me thank you at home from the bottom of my heart. Thank you for tuning in your appreciation for what local news and political coverage can be, and for allowing me to do what I have loved for the last 10 years. There is an incredible team here at Local 5 that will take the reins. Thank you so much for joining us here for This Week in Iowa. Don't forget, This Week in Iowa will continue with its podcast. Just search This Week in Iowa wherever you find your podcast. Have a great rest of your weekend, everyone.